And clap sync. Three, two, one. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just get into this and let's yeah. just I feel like we're like let's just get this over with week three <laughs> well it's like it's such a weird place to be because it's like on the one hand like obviously due to circumstances uh there's world less events. Valorant. yeah world mm-hmm. events there's less valorant to watch this week but then at the same time like also elden ring came out this week and so it's like the fact that there's less valorant is like potentially exciting but then there is valorant still here to watch but then the valorant here to watch is kind of trashy and so i don't know it's it's a lot. I I feel like I got most of my Valorant watching done earlier on in the weekend and potentially during the week, during that tournament. We can talk about that in a second. But yeah, we find ourselves here looking at some NA games and thinking to ourselves, I feel like we should have more hype for the second half of the group stage or season or something that's about to happen, <laughs> but it feels like it isn't there. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll exactly. See. Are we jaded well, already? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, I think half of the jadedness is just all of us itching to get back to playing Elden Ring. But also, I don't know about you. As we're recording this, listener, uh, 100T Luminosity is going on right now because also due to scheduling constraints and unfortunate timings, on top of the Elden Ring stuff, um, I'm going out of town like before we can even record half of this. So Mm -hmm. we're recording this as 100T Luminosity is going on. They're on map three right now. And we were going to wait until the map through was over, but we were so bored. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It was, I was not good, man. And I I think one of the things that you pointed out to me uh, during that, but that I think was a storyline that we carried through the whole first two maps was just, if you want to understand what we're talking about, look at the usage of Viper Pits and look at when they had advantage scenario, like 4v2 even, mm-hmm. 4v3, even 4v4, like post-plant, they have everything they need, specifically on attack. Like attack, Viper ults, we're just throwing these games and rounds just back and forth and back and forth. And every single time they went up, someone would, like, not just someone would die, the whole team would like lose all their ability to have all their long-range angles and have all their teamwork that they're all famous for and they're all trying to set up. And they would just have this just disgusting 50-50 fest in the middle. And the team with advantage like lost almost every single time like am i wrong i've yeah i rarely saw the vipers pit actually help the team like probably the only time i saw it help was when i think like luminosity set it down at one point but then all the members stepped out of the vipers pit (laughs) and like walked away (laughs) yo this shit's cursed in here i'm out of here We really should start keeping, like, actual, like, tallies of yeah. how many times it gets used and who wins the round, the person who put down the Viper's alt or the person who did not. Because I feel like our our narrative is definitely, like, it's just a curse. It's a cursed thing. You should never do it. Yeah. And it's, like, the it's h- just... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the hilarious thing was I was saying the same thing last year, except it was with breach ults. Whenever someone mm-hmm. would breach alt onto a site, I'd be like, well, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> and that has maybe taken a backseat to Viper Alts, but is still here in this season too. <laughs> like, right? Indeed. Like, that happened in this series too. So watching literally potentially the two worst alts in the game just fighting each other for throwing for your team mm-hmm. harder was was not maybe the excitement that we were looking for this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I, I know it sounds like we're being harsh, but seriously, like, look at this series as a poster child, but also look at all the other ones too. Like, Maybe you're listening to this far in the future and people have figured this out. But, like, honestly, for the past months, it has been brutal how many times. Because you have to think about it, right? Like, 
what are you trying to like accomplish basically? And you're trying to accomplish scenarios where you have advantages in gunfights or you have gunfights that you have teammates and maybe even like teammates to help you or potentially advantage in the gunfight and teammates. And so what happens when these established teams use this Viper ult is that they lose all long range ability to work together. And now all of a sudden they create this 50-50 fight where they give up all the ground. Now all of a sudden everyone's on top of each other and people are surprising each other left and right and left and right and left and right, which is basically like, like it reminds me of those fucking Hearthstone cards that you just throw down and they just do random bullshit and like you hope you win. <laughs> like it feels like that. Mm-hmm. Like in first person shooter form, whereas you're watching both of these teams and I would say specifically LG and, and Optic later if we're talking about it, set up really interesting like crossfires and like ways to help each other and utility usage to like help teammates win gunfights. And this Viper ult just cuts all of your ability, it seems, to do all of that a lot of the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, dude, there was one... I, I want to say it was a 2v4 where the defenders or something like that had, like, two health each. It was something really mm-hmm. insane. I, I forget the exact sides or however the fuck exactly worked out, but basically a Viper Group's pit goes down, and all of a sudden the four people that are alive that have health advantage and obviously numbers advantage get picked off because their teammates can't help them because they're hiding in a fucking viper's pit okay (laughs) and then like fucking then all of a sudden these other guys like walk into the pit because they're already lit so it doesn't do any difference to them and they just walk in and kill them too and it was just sort of like how did this two before happen it happened because the advantage team used viper's pit wrong and it was just oh it just hurts the heart right it hurts the feelings i would even like also add on to that like i also saw this weekend just a lot of like Astra alt and Viper's alt go down together right. mm-hmm. onto a site. Like we saw it in the Sentinels Optic series. We saw it again in the split series. And it was always the team that lost that round <laughs> that was doing that. Like Sentinels did that on Bind, fucked themselves in terms of being able to cleanly peek. And so like Optic was just able to charge on in and like get the defuse off. Yeah, wait, that, right. I'm remembering that round. Right. They threw that round so badly with that. Yeah. Like they essentially Astra ulted themselves into like a tiny corner and then couldn't get out of it. And Optic just rocked their worlds. Yeah. It was, yeah, that one was unfortunate. And I feel like Optic just has, I want to say, like a better understanding of like teamwork and utility usage, like what it actually does. Because it feels like yeah. they see these things and just prey on them. Like, oh, we can use the wall in this way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't know. It's just sad because, like, keep in mind, like, you would think it's your ultimate ability, right? So, therefore, it's strong. Therefore, you have it. Therefore, you should use it. You would think all these things make sense. But sometimes the best play is to not use it or to use it in a different way. And it, it really, really, really shows when people do not understand these things because it's devastating to their team when they go down. And they use all this shit at once, too. So, like, when you're using a Viper ult and an Astral ult and you're losing, and you're losing because of it, like, it's just brutal. It's like you just spent so much of your allegedly amazing resources on just making it so no one could work together and just chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, basically, Viper sucks. That is our conclusion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Oh, God. And she definitely sucks to watch. <laughs> right? And two Vipers, like, 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 just watch all these fucking series where there's people, like, there's, like, three people on each side of a Viper's wall, and they're all just sort of sitting there going, like, gentlemen's agreement, nobody does anything until this goes down, because this is some nightmare shit. Nobody wants to walk through that. This is evil. This, this is cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes for some 
unpleasant Valorant to watch. Because, yeah, you're right, like, it's either unwatchable due to just the sheer amount of utility going down, and then you, like, watch teams charge in, and then all you have to look at is the kill feed in the top right corner, just being like, okay, shit's happening, I can't see it. Yeah. But it looks like it's going one for one. Okay, this team won. Okay. Whatever. Mm. Or it's just like you said, it's like all this utility goes down, and then you just watch as all teams just stand there for, like, a <laughs> minute straight. Yeah. <laughs> not doing anything and it's it's boring and so, so here's a question it's a little off the cuff zoe but do you okay just just and i don't mean off the cuff but i mean like it's rather off the top of your head just gut feeling is this a balance issue as in riot should should change this or is this an issue with teams just just not having a good understanding of how to use these characters or what the meta is or what it does if they use all this bullshit. Like, like what's happening here? Like, is this something that Riot should step in to fix, do you think? I, I would say, geez, I, like, how would they fix it, though, is mm -hmm. my thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, good question. I find it unwatchable, and it's just like, okay, like, delete the agent off of the server right. like they can't do that now like that would lead to i think a bunch of very angry people and like also just removing a champion from the game just because it's like too op or like doesn't make for a good viewing experience it's never gonna fly right um and, and it, i i think the teams know how to use it the problem is like when you have two teams who know how to use the utility throwing it at each other all of a sudden it just leads to complete utter chaos mm-hmm yeah yeah like it's true sometimes it feels like they don't understand the fundamentals of like what that wall is supposed to be achieving for them but then a lot of times they're using them well but it's just devastatingly bullshit on both sides yeah right yeah because it can be a situation where like both teams on i think like a on icebox i think we've seen some really crazy shit go down where like both teams will have an idea of where they want to put their Viper walls and their Viper smokes, but then when you have two teams worth of Viper walls and Viper yeah, smokes on that A site, all of a sudden like you're operating in these tiny triangles and everything is smoked. You can't see anybody. Yeah. It's an awful viewing experience. It's and an awful fighting experience. It's an awful fighting experience because where are people? Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, and this is all because they want... I guess the cheekiness of like Sova or other detection characters to like reveal them behind the walls. But then that first of all, which is not a fair fight mm -hmm. and it's not even necessarily, honestly, that exciting of a fight. Like how cool is it that you shot yay because someone else drove a fucking airplane <laughs> over there yeah. to tag him. I mean, there are moments when it's done really well. Like actually I think we saw optic do it really well, right? Where they yeah. droned and then they shock dart and raise um, mollied. Oh, uh, yeah, someone grenade, yeah, grenaded, yeah oh, on, you, on grenaded triple, someone, I'm buying, yeah. on triple, yeah, which is like super cool, right? That's a yeah. really exciting, amazing like team coordination play. Um, but yeah, I wonder if like some, eh, it's probably a bad idea, but like I wonder if something like agents ban and select where like only one team could have a viper, yeah, might be one way. There's still other smoke characters and there's still plenty of other stuff, but like it would at least, I don't know if that would help at all. Well, so here's the problem, right? Is that Think about it from the closest relative, League. Mm -hmm. And League has that, of course, right? So it feels like it's almost natural here, but it introduces a number of significant potential problems to the game yeah. because there is also the added complication of maps and their balance. So imagine, like, your champion selecting and drafting 
like who wins the draft on a given map. That's right. a lot of extra complication. Because for instance, like on Icebox, who gets the sage? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like who you? That's what I'm you saying. Need to be able to plant on that map. Yes, and like who gets the jet? Yeah, like, I think likely that doing Agent Band and Bannon's pick would like break this game in a number of other really awful ways. I don't know that it would get you out of the problem, but it maybe would even get you out of this problem. But I think it would probably create a whole bunch of other problems. Like who yeah. gets the jet? That's right. right. Yeah. You only get yeah. one now. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. And like, but but the thing is, they could do it like, okay, we can still blind pick, as in you can pick whoever you want, but there's bands first, right? Like that could mm-hmm. exist. So then you can both have whatever's left. Like that could exist. But it's just, um, but how are... many teams are going to like actually recognize the problems of having an Astro and Viper together, yeah. like yeah. open? Yeah. Yeah. Is also the thing. I, I totally agree. And you would kind of, ins- I mean, actually, it was interesting, didn't. Um, TSM play in a tournament like this? Was it TSM who did that? Or no, Cloud9, Cloud9 who did Cloud9. play in a tournament that had some weird rule sort of like this and said it was really interesting because it turns out if you take champions away from players, like, no one knows what to do. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean all those cool one tricks are just negated. Totally. Yeah. And Honestly, I would be worried about agent bans for, like, Ascend because it's like everyone's gonna just going to ban Jet against yeah. CNED. Yeah. And yeah. he's got to step up on the chamber if that's the case. Because, oh, right. <laughs> well, but no, but so you actually bring up a really interesting point. Like, because then as a viewer, right, like, you never get to see CNED's Jet ever again. Right. Like, is that really the world we want to live in? And so this is right. why, to me, the, the simplest fix and the most elegant fix to this problem is delete Viper. <laughs> and I think maybe delete Astra too. I know, but then you have this precedent in the... I also think it's a bad precedent to start, right? Like, if you have Viper out for a while and finally you delete her because she's too powerful, now you have set the precedent that you will just straight delete characters and now, you know, everyone's mad about Jet, Reddit can call for it, and, like, who knows? You know, I, it's just... Yeah. It sets a tough precedent of two saying, like, well, we can't figure out how to balance this, so it's just gone. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you know, I remember talking to a number of people that played Overwatch and all the people that I, t- I think I talked about this maybe even mm-hmm. on the podcast before, like, all they told me was, like, they would point to the history. They'd all pull up the wiki for Overwatch for the champion release mm-hmm. in descending order of, like, when they were released. And they would all point at a point where they said the game was ruined because they could never unrelease this character again. Right. And, like, Riot obviously hasn't done that. They have nerfed characters into the ground in League of Legends, and they have buffed characters, like, far beyond reasonable in order to take their place in the hierarchy. So, like, maybe that's Riot's approach. Um, Yeah, I think that's much more likely what they'll go for. I think the real question is, does Riot think it's a problem? Like, that's the other really big piece of this. It's like, we here in our armchairs think it's a problem. Um, But, like, do the players think it's a problem? Does Riot think it's a problem? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a fucking problem. I, I mean, I agree with you, but I'd be, I'd be like curious to be a fly in the wall in their offices and see if anybody thinks that like the state of Viper right now is a problem, or if anybody in their office is like, yo, it's really hard to watch these games. Yeah. Um, or if any pro players are writing emails being like, you guys, this is ridiculous. Like this. Yeah. Is, or if anyone on those pro teams has noticed that like it turns out you lose every time you Viper alt, but they all keep doing it. So. I don't think they know that. Either we're wrong, which is totally possible, or no. maybe no one else has noticed. Or they've noticed, but no one's listening. I, I, at this point, do not think it is possible that we are wrong. Like, the amount of data that we've collected over the past, like, four or five weeks watching yeah. this, it's like, I mean, this is like, I, I didn't literally write it down, and so I could be slightly wrong on the numbers, but it feels like 
somewhere between eight and nine out of 10 Viper alts actually throw for your team Mm -hmm. with man advantage, which is like with man advantage. That's insane because man advantage already puts you theoretically somewhere way above 50% in terms of win rate, unless there's like other circumstances, like you don't have enough time or something like that. And so, yes, it's very complicated, but just, I mean, it's staggering how many times this is happening. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. I think we should ask the listeners, listeners, <laughs> if you think that we're right and you think Viper is broken, you should write in at mm-hmm. nothingjacksmelikevalorant at gmail.com. And, and by the way, I do want to actually like put one bit of extra detail on this. Like I typically play smoke characters mm-hmm. and I have played a lot of Astra and a lot of Viper. And before Viper was popular, I was one of the few people championing her strength um, compared to other smoke characters. And so I don't mean to say this because I, like, hate the character or, like, whatever, any of that. She's like, no, I actually like the character. I really think, like, Viper is a cool character. But what she's done to the game, especially with 2, because that's the thing, right? It used to be no one played Viper. And then you would occasionally have this little different flavor of, like, one Viper on one side. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was kind of cool. And with 2, it's it's just disgusting. It's just yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel like that for all these other mirror matchups. Like, two sages doesn't feel like a nightmare that no one can fucking handle. Yeah. Like, yeah, two jets does not feel out of control, like two chambers. I can't think of another champion that feels like, wow, there are two of them that shouldn't have been allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, would two ciphers just give too much utility in terms of trap wires and cages? So... I mean, I feel like it has the potential to be messy, but I think the other, I think the other thing that maybe that they could do is just like the only quick fix I can think off the top of my head is just like not make the smokes last as long as they do. Because I think about it and like cipher cages, the reason why that is not a problem if there's two ciphers on one team is because a cipher cage is only up for what five seconds if that like it's, yeah probably less it's i don't know it's very, really short yeah mm-hmm. it's not a long time astra smoke seemed to last forever yeah and brims last even longer yeah but he doesn't have as many? as many no he doesn't he doesn't and i think it's the combination with viper it's the wall and the smokes and then the alt is a whole kind and of like the wall and the smokes awful. by the way keep in mind we are living in a world i just want to like keep this context where Viper was underplayed, and Riot decided to buff her because she was underplayed. Not because she was underpowered, because right. she was underplayed. So she not only has these smokes that last an insanely long time and the energy recharges, they also, like, destroy your max HP by touching them, mm-hmm. staying in them at all. So they're just like, not only does walking through a wall or a smoke hugely disadvantage you unless you know what the fuck you're doing. And in in a lot of cases, when the other person places the utility, if they know what the fuck they're doing just as much as you, they're not going to give you an opportunity to have advantage with their smoke. So not only does that give you disadvantage to walk through, it also means you have no HP either. Like, it's just weird. It's so Mm -hmm. strong. And it comes back and recharges. It's like, okay. It is true. And with the other, I mean, with Neon, which, like, look, no one plays Neon in pro play, but Neon has a wall. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also really short. Like, the times that I've played against neon and whatever iron that i'm in <laughs> um it's you know i've it's short it's not up for that long it's pretty yeah. brief and that's because they wanted to have like neon has a bit 
and they want to give these attacking characters a bit of defensive utility to help their teammates, to support their controllers. So it's not all on the job of the smoker character to block all the angles. That's why Jet has a smoke, for example. Of course, you can use it for herself as well, and they definitely do. But, but, it it doesn't like it doesn't matter where where the where the the big daddy smokers are is a problem. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like where the like controllers are is is a problem. And it's not only a problem in this way, it's a problem in like a hundred different ways. Because like think about it, like in solo queue games, like people are constantly trying to insta-lock every other character because they hate fucking playing these characters. They find them super boring. And what they do, the viewing experience is devastating. Like we, because like, I actually think the, the layers of problems on this game right now are really unfortunate. I know this is like such a negative conversation. Like, listen, yeah, we also is, love the game too, but, but seriously, this is, is why we're so frustrated because we love it and we want to see beautiful aim and fun, sick plays. Instead of just like nine people getting shot in the back in a row in just quick succession, like what the fuck? Do you fuck? think? Okay, I have a hot take. Do you think we're in a bad mood about Valorant because we had to only watch NA this week, which is arguably <laughs> considerably worse, and there was no oh, EU, no. which is where we get all the beautiful play from? Maybe. I mean, maybe because yeah. I mean, I guess that's just one thing to mention. Like, um, yeah, we talked about less games of Valorant this weekend, and I mean. If you've been following the news at all, Russia uh, attacked Ukraine. And as it turns out, some players live in Ukraine. Yeah. So I think it and was Russia. a right call for EMEA to halt. Yeah. Play. And realistically, I mean, they're going to have to see what they do even next week. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know. Like, mm -hmm. I, my only thing would be, like, I, I'm not a geo politician like at all but like i'm like oh you have to like probably relocate the players right. to some like more other ground but like i i if that's even possible and if the players are willing to do it i mean that's the other thing is they yeah. may but also i think yeah. ukraine has had some sort of thing saying like young men should not be leaving ukraine yeah i think right there's a, a potential again we are not geopolitical. i think there's a ban on it potentially so that would make you know all these young valorant players are these guys military age? Yeah. I mean, I th well, I guess I, I don't know how so. young they are, but I think in a situation like this, they might be military age. Dude, that's crazy. Right. And so, I mean, that's that's very scary um, for sure. And so, yeah, the, the, I think that puts a very big question mark over EMEA. Yeah. And I mean, if I, I somehow don't see this like clearing up in a week. Yeah, I it doesn't look like that. I think they would put Riot would be in an interesting position, as everyone is right now, of like, what do you do with those Russian teams and players? I mean, a lot of different things have been essentially banning Russia. So do you ban a team like Gambit and say, like, we're really sorry, we like you guys, we don't know what your political opinions are on this, but you can't play anymore. You can't um, play for Russia. Yeah. I've also seen that. Like, you can play for another. It's very awkward, especially because, I mean, especially in Valorant, especially in Valorant, it's like, dude... And probably realistically in all those other things that are getting banned too, but especially in Valorant because we know it better, I can say with certainty, these players and teams had nothing to do with anything right. at all. Well, yeah. And not only that, but like, we just learned to love them. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? We just learned to love them. Like, they, they've been sitting there literally trying their hearts out, innovating strategies, working on team comp. Like, they are looking really good. And so it's like, mm -hmm. to, to cut them out is just the saddest thing. EMEA I, without Gambit would be a crime. That's what I'm saying. Like, that—that that is my take on it. And, like, yeah. 
I, it, it'll just be very interesting. Everything's up in the air. Like, really, all we have to do is just kind of sit back and watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of players have been affected from both sides of yeah. this conflict. So, I mean, yeah. best wishes out to them and their families and hoping they can make it out. I don't know. I got scared when I saw, like, Angel tweeting how he's yeah. like, yeah, I woke up to explosions this morning. You're and like, I'm oh, like, fuck. oh, shit. Yeah. Like, even though Angel one day will be cut from his team for being too old, because I swear he's like a 20-year past veteran status, <laughs> he's an unreplaceable player. Like, his level of experience is just mm -hmm. out of control in a scene so young. Like, mm -hmm. just imagine... Yeah, like, you watched him last week, and he was, like, on fire. Yeah, he was looking pretty good. And not only that, but, like, his team was looking like it was organized. And, yeah. Which, yeah. obviously, also, like, these are human beings. We don't really care how good they are at Valorant. We hope they're all okay. But Angel is also really good. Well, of course, of course, of course. But I'm just saying, like, it's... um. So the thing is, okay, Valorant got a head start in the eSport, how much is it affected by the world category? Because it kind of started during the pandemic in a way. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it, it was, like, normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, online games were just normal. Like, it wasn't a step back. It wasn't like they were the Counter-Strike circuit where they were just literally having lands and just celebrating, like 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 kings mm -hmm. you know what i mean and having these incredible tournaments every month that were just insane sometimes multiple a month and then going from that to an online league where it's like you can't barely see players phases you can't really see reactions the play the level of play is super low the ping is really awkward one person's like dcing in the middle like but because valorant started online and with a game that people had only played online it had this beautiful grace period of like we this is normal for us and then it was the other way, like Valorant was stepping towards LAN, right? Like they were stepping towards mm -hmm. the like the light out of out of the nightmare, really, like as an esport. And they definitely have had, you know, in the past couple months, like a bunch of, you know, COVID related stuff that's definitely happened to them that's thrown them down, you know, players getting it, having to play in weird conditions or being sick and not feeling well. And that's that's all that. But like all these other esports were basically dealing with these sorts of problems like right away and it like crippled all of them in so many different ways like the counter-strike scene is in a lot of trouble just because of it how, how much less exciting it is to watch online stuff but here it feels like now valorant is finally getting really really seriously hit by the world and just the circumstance of the world and like what they want to make the esport to be and what they realistically actually can and now this on top as we're talking i mean it's just it's a lot it's mm -hmm. it's it's a right. lot a lot so it's un it's unfortunate and what what do you do what do you do yeah i mean unfortunately there's nothing much to do um rather than just wait and see because i mean i guess the implications behind all of this too is like this could very well just affect the entire valorant circuit yeah like i don't know like if emea is no longer able to like continue this stage 1 and then what goes into, like, Masters? Yeah. And, like, they're like, okay, teams, like, with the two games that you've played, the final standings are what goes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Which, like, we were, I mean, you know, clearly teams were experimenting at the beginning of the league, right? Like, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's going on. So it's by no means their final form. And then if you're Gambit and you're a storyline, like, how, how do you continue to be excellent with all of this, like, distracting... It's it's possible, like mate, but like, if they fall off now, like you will never get to see. Well, I'm what people even root for them. I mean, 
Yeah. yeah. It's going to, it's, yeah. it's, I'm sure people at Riot are having these same conversations, mm-hmm. trying to predict the future a little bit and figure out, like, if this happens, what the hell are we going to do? Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we're all just going to have to sort of wait and see. I feel like I'm shoehorning this point in uh-huh. a little okay. bit. And I tend to do that. So, you know, forgive me, um, listener. But I think this would be a lot easier with a tournament format. <laughs> Like, they could just be like, okay, we're going to organize one big tournament and we'll try to get all the teams there. Like, as opposed to, like, what's really awkward now is that it's there's this extended league that leads into another thing that leads into another... You know what I mean? Like, they have this giant system that now has to get switched up. Whereas, so you're saying kind of, like, since one piece of the system has now been disrupted, it's harder to, like, get back on track than it would have been if it was, like, even if we were in the middle of a tournament right now and they said, hey, we're canceling this tournament, but we'll have our next one in two months. Yeah. Like, life happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that probably would have been easier. I don't know if that's the number one argument oh, against it's not. a it's not. Um, a league system. I know you no. have many other arguments yeah, against yeah. league I'm systems. I'm just a league but... hater. That's just me personally. But no, but like, <laughs> it's it's just really sad. And it, the same thing with the pandemic, of course, when it comes to like all the other esports that were uh, established. Like that was again, like I said, less salar- uh, less sad for Valorant. But it was. I mean, there were teams. Here's a sad storyline: the Gambit from Counter Strike. Like, they were literally world dominant for, like, the first half of the pandemic, which is an incredibly long time. Um, And say what you will about, like, thinking about how long the pandemic actually has been. But, like, yeah, like, it was an insanely impressive showing for them. But they didn't get to do it on LAN. And so people were never certain if they were actually a good team, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that they essentially won almost everything for what felt like more than a year, which is literally incredible. It's true. It's transcendently good. And there's a giant question mark by their accomplishments. And by the way, when land started to come back and now it's in and out of the scene, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it started to come back, they fell off. And the question really is, did they fall off because they're actually not land proven? They're actually chokers, right? They're actually like not as strong as we thought they were. And they're just better playing from their bedroom with socks on. Or is it because it's really hard to win for two years straight? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll never know. And so there's asterisks now coming out here in Valorant, and it's sad. And we just have to do our job as fans to be reasonable with the circumstances when we look at things. Because it's going to be so easy, and I fucking promise you they will do this on desks. They will say things like, well, out of the past, you know, six games they've played, they've won it three times. And they'll, like, give you this narrative. It's like, but the last six games they played were spanning across whatever time this is right now for everyone. So just be, be better than the numbers. When you look at the teams, their play, the analysis, where they are, where they were, what they're good on, where the meta is, because it's it's weird right now. It's weird right now, especially for you. Yeah. 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 Should we um, take a brief moment to check in on Luminosity versus Pirate <laughs> Thieves? <laughs> All right. Yeah, just really, let's just see how oh, we're doing. We'll give All the right. listeners a live update. Oh. Oh. LG's timing out. It is 10-7. <laughs> With 100 Thieves in the lead on the third map, and LG's taking a timeout. We'll check in again later to see um, how Can we it goes. quickly just look at who's on the scoreline here? Because this is actually somewhat interesting to me. JC standing top. He has been the top. In fact, he's not even playing a smoke character this time around. Um, he's playing Chamber. But Hiko, this time, having a, a much larger performance than I would say I've ever seen from him taking in the a recent page in a Marv book and playing a smoker who's actually getting kills. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. See, yeah, so we've got we've got more of a, a you know, equal scoreline on the Hunter Thieves side this this time actually. Yeah. Than I think what we're seeing. 
I, so I actually like this comp for them because it allows JC Stanny to be not, I would say, super aggressive, but like he definitely gets to do, do you his thing. You know, the, pe the people listening can't actually see what this yeah, yeah, is. They chamber. don't know what we're talking about. Okay, because here's the major changes for 100 Thieves with this third map is that there are bangs on KO. And that is like, think of it like Zeppa. I think Zeppa is like the one of the best KOs, if not like the most like exemplar KO, where it's like he creates a lot of space and is really aggressive and disables people and like creates your like attack to like go in, but he's not necessarily like top the scoreboard doing so. He is just impact huge. And you look at Bang, like he clearly is capable of being top the scoreboard, but he's not in this game. But I imagine he's playing something like that style. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. Like to have a player that skilled on that style means it's still a threat. Like it's it you need to be very skilled to do that. And so like when you look at like that allowing Asuna to have like a friend Someone who can go forward, be Jet, and JC Stanny's off smokes. Like this is like a potentially really strong look from them in terms of how all their attacking characters, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like their their firepower is distributed. Because then it's like Ethan's bottom of the scoreboard just chilling, but Ethan's great. Ethan's a great player. So mm -hmm. like that. that it, and he's had a lot of solid moments in the series, even on maps one and two. So. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think like whatever we said last week about. I was particularly um, not impressed with 100 Thieves in this um, sudden roster move. Although I did find out that they're just renting JC, Stanny, and Bang, essentially. Like, they didn't fully sign them and say, like, these are our new... Like, they're they're on loan, basically, from their original team. So um, I would assume potentially after this season is over, they're going to be on the hunt. Or they're maybe currently on the hunt for long-term replacements, or they'll, they'll take them. Who knows? Um, except you know, that Rockus is available now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except well, that, dude, how can you seriously, like, I don't know what the, the internals of the team are, but those two players this series and in specifically in the tournament previous in the week, like they looked really yeah, no, solid. I'm saying, like they may be trying them out and they might be working great. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, whatever I said last week about how down I was on this kind of general situation. Um, it does, I think give hundred T's a chance to like reset and rethink about maps, agent comps, like strat, like all of that stuff that clearly they need a reset on. Yeah. And so I don't hate that journey for them as they need to just be like, okay, things are really not working. Let's kind of go back to the drawing board as a whole and retry and put things together. I mean, I think there are other teams who would really benefit from that. Like I think, for example, we watched the Sentinels game this week between Sentinels and Optic and like we kind of prefaced, I mean, Optic won that. And Sentinels didn't look fabulous. Yeah. They looked okay. They still kind of seem to me like they haven't quite gotten their identity back. Like they don't totally know what they're doing, and they're maybe still doing a like overly meta type of thing where they've tried to adapt too much, and they just don't look like Sentinels. Like they don't look like a team with an identity. And I think that's another team who could use like a sh like a moment to be like. We need to just go back to the drawing board and think about this. What are we doing? What do we want to do? Yeah. Let's think about agent comps. Let's not be tied down to what we've done before and try something a little bit different. Not that Sentinels is bad. I think they're still somewhere up there in the standings for their group, but I don't yeah. know. What did you guys think? I was unimpressed. I'm, yeah, I'm not all that. I'm a little bit worried for them just because it doesn't seem like Sentinels is able to do well if Tens doesn't pop off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel the map that they won was primarily due to Tens clutching some rounds. I think a lot of the maps were close. 
Like, mine, not so much. Sorry. She said, it's kind of close. And then we immediately clicked to the buying score. Oh, it's dude, two, I forgot it's it started two to like 13 that, bro. in favor map, right? of Optic Gaming. Yeah. And it was Sentinels' map pick. So yeah. that's a bummer. But but like I said, like, Tens didn't, Tens wasn't able to pop off on Bind. He was getting shut down a lot. A lot of his pushes, like, I, I feel like a lot of the rounds that were close to them winning, but them not, like, make not quite eking, eking it out like it was due to tens like being insane on a marshal or right. like shooting through a smoke and being really good at that um i think i'm just more concerned just for the overall team coordination um yeah. i'm trying to think of like what the round was in particular but like there's a couple there are a couple rounds where it just kind of looked like oh it yeah i remember now it was on bind but there's basically, I think, uh, FNS is standing right outside of B main on bind. Like, he's up on that box, like, right at the entry of B main. Uh, like, outside, like, inside B, right by courtyard entrance. And okay. a player spots him in courtyard. I think it was Zoms. And, oh, I mean, Maybe Shazam. And then suddenly you just see Tens walk out, not even yeah. looking at that mm, corner, mm -hmm. and yep. FNS just shoots him in the side of the head. And so, like, to me, like, we, we talked about it as we were watching it live, but it just definitely seems like either the comms are too busy or there's just not clear communication as to what's happening. Maybe somebody said that, you know, one of the optic players was down and they assumed it was the guy in the corner they assumed it was fns like who knows um yeah. but it just definitely seemed like it was still very discoordinated in yeah. terms of you know making sure that their players don't get just destroyed yeah <laughs> they, like, like they don't just game. literally like interfeed or whatever like these terms you guys like people use in esports but yeah mm -hmm. totally like it's an error for sure like it's just it's you know i think you can forgive to a certain amount when someone loses a fight. I mean, at some point you have to win some fights for sure in order to win and be a good team. And in fact, you have to win a lot of fights. And typically it's nice to win at least half the fights so that you can do all the rest of your cool shit like clutches and, you know, whatever. But like, you know, if 10 swings that corner looking at the guy and then dies, like that's one thing. But to just present his side of the head to the guy is something that, you, you know, you look at as an area of opportunity for growth. <laughs> Yeah, it's so like, okay. And actually, you know, listen, um, FNS had a really awesome interview. I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. yeah. Where he kind of talks about like the way he sees his team and he's like, I'm glad you guys thought we were really clean, but I thought we made a ton of mistakes and we're working on a lot of things. And his mindset was, was clearly showing that he had a lot of things that he thinks he could improve on his team. And he was going, you know, it, was, it mm -hmm. felt like almost just a matter of time. Like, yeah, we have a lot of things to improve on, you know, and we're, and it just, it, just listen to the interview. He did a really great job. But clearly the mindset that you should be looking for when you see that interview is like, see how he sees all these opportunities for cleaning up his team and improving his team and like getting free wins on his team. Like it's very clear that they have room to grow and they're already feeling particularly strong. Mm -hmm. Like they were solid. They were really solid. And so in contrast to that, Sentinels was looking not very solid most of the time. And you can't, I be, do I really think it's like, it all it all harkens back to the second they tried to adapt to the meta because they won a tournament and then they felt like they were getting red or something. Do you remember that the interview Shazam said like, well now I know there's a target on our back, so we better change our style. I literally yeah. think they never recovered. Yeah, well that's kind of <laughs> what I meant by like they just need to go. I mean it seems 
as an extreme outsider, like they kind of need to go back to the drawing board and read it, like re-remember or redefine what it is that they as a team want to accomplish, like yeah. what their style is, I guess, like what their purpose is. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, yeah, I agree. Like since they had that moment where they really shook things up and were like, there's a target on our back. We got to totally change what we do. I, I just don't know if they've ever looked as good since then. I don't think um, so. There's probably a lot of factors going into that. And there certainly, is. like, the map where 10s popped off, which I think was Fracture, like, 10s went nuts for a while on Fracture. And they he looked did. pretty good because it turns out if you have a player like 10s just going insane, yeah, it changes things. Well, um, it was like a back-and-forth game, and then 10s just literally just took three rounds for free. Like, it was his right to yeah, just have them. He just walked in, grabbed them, walked out. With just insane op shots, jet knives, every... I mean, it was just like, oh, right. When he f- is feeling it, he might be the best player here. But then after that, everyone kind of reset and just got back to playing Fracture. And it's like normal. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, so that can't be your win condition. You need to be able to beat someone without having tens to do that. And then you need that to be something that takes you over the line in a close game mm-hmm. that just gives you the free win. Well, and that's the kind of the situation that I think Optic is in right now because I don't know that I've seen Ye go crazy for a little while. He's certainly not bad. But, like, you know, the map we're looking at right now... Fracture. Uh, yeah, so Bind, he was not all that effective on. I think it's hard to be effective as an opera on Bind, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly just because I feel like the only place where an opera can thrive is A-Site. Um, a heaven specifically, like if you're not a jet, I guess is what I should say. Cause I feel like otherwise it's like standing on top of boxes and opping from like up high, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. you know, it can work. agent needs to get up there in the first place. Right, yeah. Um, so like, I think that's understandable. He did pop off on fracture though. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Just some nice smooth things. And then I think Icebox like. He wasn't he wasn't the top frag, but he definitely had some very effective rounds. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Um, but I think but, that, yeah, like overall, optic is finding ways to win with without him just, without him going like totally ballistic. You know what I mean? Like it sort of seems like right now, like the Sentinels win formula is like, well, if we can get tens like really popping off, then we could maybe put it together. But like you know, optic can win without yay going insane he can play well and they can win he can play okay and they can win and he can play super amazing and they can win but they have a way to do it with all those different conditions yeah yeah i I totally agree with that and and they that that's why this was such an interesting matchup this week is because you really got to see the difference like because people are like it's tens versus yay and it i think it was more like the team versus the team, you know what I mean? And the stars were mm-hmm. at the tip of the spear for certain, but it's like who has a better team supporting the tip of the spear? It's like really like, because they, they're very, very different as players. They get very, very different types of kills and have very, very different highlight rounds, meaning like most of the time when Ye's highlight rounds, is like they don't even, like they show him shooting someone, but it's like he just gets a one for zero, gets out, finds another person, one for zero, you know? And it's just like that shit is so hard to find on a highlight reel, but obviously everyone knows he's amazing, but... Oh, it's getting close. It's getting close over here. I <laughs> sorry, a, a, a you, you just need to watch this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're just, dude, we're, we're tired, man. I'm sure we've been smashing our heads against bosses, you know, mm-hmm. um, for a little minute here. But yeah, like, it, it's just, it was really a team diff. Really a team diff. And I think that Optic's team play was also really on show. Like, the casters talked about it. I think we talked about it as, a, you know, a threesome when we were watching. But, like, 
that example that Zoe gave on Vine was a really good one where they droned out and then um, you like duo use some utility to kill to just get a pick. They had a bunch of moments like that where clearly like their communication is really on point. Like they appear to be just sort of next level um, in how they're working together as a team and like putting their utility together to get kills and things like that. Sorry, we're getting an Amber Alert board. Fine. Yeah, I made it through. Yeah, no, I made you it didn't have to say anything. <laughs> My God. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, it was funny. Like, so we called sick out for getting, he just randomly gets a 4k sometimes. And then like literally the next, I swear it was one round later. Yeah, it was immediate. Sick gets it a was 4K. amazing. And it's true. It's true. Like the players on, on Sentinels are, are pretty good. I would particularly say I personally am looking at, okay. If we're trying to armchair and analyze Sentinels and what their problems are, like, I think from the outside, again, it's very hard to know. I think Dapper particularly is underperforming as a player. He does play the, like, sort of, like, gear utility-type characters, um, and sometimes he plays Viper, um, but it feels like he's getting minimized. Like, I feel like he's a better player than his output is. Um, so, and I feel like that's just the story with Sentinels. Is like, it feels like they're just getting minimized somehow. Like, like Tens is finding ways to, like, 1v3, and sometimes he loses those, and then Shazam is never allowed to play the character he wants to play. Um, and he's selfish, sure. And then Sick is sitting here, like, trying to do his best good sometimes good like not other times but like he's like ready to kill and then zoms definitely had like some really important moments and really interesting clutches and stuff but definitely is like zoms is like knee deep in all the like controller utility stuff like he is you know famous in na for being like the 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 astra with the least amount of kills he's always running around with an smg because he's just he's literally just trying to like as they say play starcraft and uses abilities and, and kill people. So I just, like, I, I don't know. It just feels like the layers of issues that they have just means it's, like, if Zomsa's utility is super good, I believe that, but his team needs to be stronger to use that, or he needs to be stronger to help his team. And so it just feels like that's happening. Dapper's just been particularly weak for a long time. Shazam is super up and down because he's oftentimes playing these support characters despite being, like, I don't know. Do you guys remember the tournaments on Jet that he was just popping off of the op and stuff? And, like, he was getting Jet kills himself, so I... I don't know. I don't know. Like, they... I don't feel... Even though Sentinels won a bunch of rounds, I don't feel like they felt the same way that Optic felt, which was just oppressively cohesive and strong and, like, practiced and drilled and... Yeah. Like, it, it felt to me that a lot of the rounds that sentinels won throughout the series actually were coin flip rounds like aka like mm -hmm. <laughs> viper alt rounds or something like that like i feel like a lot of the rounds they won were one in chaos where it could get, go either way there were very few rounds where it just looked like complete utter domination like like i just again think back to that bind map like optic just looked dominant they yeah. looked like they deserve to be the team you have like you know them as soon as they see them coming up hookah like you have victor tp'ing in through the hookah tp and like raisinating right. them right. and just utterly destroying them like it's that kind of coordination you know elena called out you know the sova dart that then is like preceded with a grenade as well as like a shock dart right it's that kind of coordination and it's like with Sentinels, it's like I'm seeing them individually perform very well, but I'm still I'm not seeing as much of that team coordination um, that we're used to seeing. I agree. With them. I mean, and I don't. 
Yeah. Hot take alert. Are they solo queuing too much? Like that, I mean, that so, almost. Yeah, I think so. It's, but look, I don't want to mention it, but it's possible too. Like a lot of those players solo queue a lot. If they're just solo queuing, they could still be playing individually really well, but maybe they aren't spending the tam- time that they need to as a team practicing things like linking their um, utility together to get kills like a team like Optic might be doing right now. Yeah. I mean, I think they've, they've definitely gotten a lot of community flack or criticism for not practicing enough, and they've definitely been called out by a number of other teams mm-hmm. in a somewhat aggressive fashion in post-game interviews. Yeah. Like, in series that were, like, totally unrelated, like, Vanity is just like, I don't think Sentinel's practices, lol. And you're just like, okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Who knows how much they're practicing, but it, it's... It feels to me like... Like, think about, like, working out or something. It's like, are they getting good reps when they do yeah, practice? Yeah, I guess smarter, not harder kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if they're putting in enough time is is what people always ask of them. And I, I don't know if they are or aren't. But what I can tell you is that it does not feel as if they have benefited greatly from all their practice. Mm-hmm. So that is really dangerous um, because they're, I, I think they're significantly behind at this point like strategically and team cohesively and it's it's not going to go the other way like there's not going to be like the next meta like teams just don't work together anymore like (laughs) that's not the direction this is gonna go in i I don't think so geez i mean prove me wrong right but like i'm just saying like um like what optic has as a core like is actually able to support them when individual players do well or do poorly and it actually in some ways makes them all kind of do well and that is exactly what Sentinels needs to get their confidence up so that people can pop off. They mm-hmm. need to be raised up to the baseline of a good team so that they can then just transcend and break things. But it just feels like they they hold themselves back. And yeah, solo plays for sure. And just, I don't know. I don't think their utility usage is super good, to be honest. I think they're kind of like snuffed themselves a bunch of times with like some of the, the Viper walls and smokes they think are still good. Like definitely on buying, they were snuffing themselves, so... Mm-hmm. it's sad man it's yeah. sad we want them to be good we want to support them and i do support them but they really need guidance i think i think they are potentially the most lost they've not the most lost they've ever been you guys but like they still feel lost after all they've had a lot of time yeah 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 on the other side optic looks great no <laughs> <laughs> they do they look really good they do should we see? Um, I mean, I I, oh, go ahead. I think uh, it, it's really exciting to see where optical go, especially since they had just such a they they started out really strong and then just had such a downer of an end of their season. Mm-hmm. What with you know they had a really strong showing at Masters Berlin, really making it far, made it to the final. No, I think against Gambit, um, mm. and then to you know, crash out of champions so early, mainly due to the fact that they're playing in not great conditions and one of them has COVID. Like, it's it's unfortunate how they, like, kind of fell a little bit. Yeah. And I think there was some worry going in to, like, can they recover from this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look strong. Yeah. I mean, they, they look really good. And honestly, they just look with each series like they keep on improving and getting better. And like you yeah. said, McCoy, like... That FNS interview at the end is really encouraging to me because it's not all, yeah, we're the best team ever. It's we got to clean up this stuff. And I think if you have that mindset, then you can really, really go far. 
Yeah. Maybe they should shoot a hundred bots or a thousand bots. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds work. good. I certainly wouldn't hurt some people. Although it almost feels like that's kind of what NA does with solo queue is just shoot human bots, but then not actually practice like the map. Or, mm-hmm. But <laughs> but like no, but and I would just add like one more like detail to this. I, I love the storyline that you set up for optic. I would just say like another thing is that they've also they're not like three and zero. They like lost a series and they lost it relatively early on in this group stage thing. And that made people kind of nervous. Like, who did they lose to? Was it Rise? Rise. See, like, that Mm -hmm. makes you really nervous, right, about them. Because, again, there was all these reasons as to why they could still be good, but other circumstances fucked them over, or they could be bad. And and losing a, a game like that, was it the first game they played in the group? Like, they just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, no. But but actually, I completely agree with Zoe on this one. Like, they have continued to improve and look stronger and look better. And that is just such a refreshing and exciting th- thing to see from a team. Like, that's it's everything you could want, I feel like, is the, the direction that they're stepping in. Um, it's it's yeah it's awesome i think they're a really great team to root for i really hope they go far i feel like they have a consistency and a depth that is just it's just really high right now and that's just like that's what you want it doesn't feel they don't feel one-dimensional necessarily they feel like a like a good team that knows how to win Mm -hmm. and does it a lot and not all the time but i love that like that's that's the foundation just make that thing better and they have a superstar Right. They have a superstar as well. So it's like at the better they get, the more opportunities that superstar can get them into advantage scenarios where they can close it out cleaner. And they know that they have a team that wants to work on the like the details of how to close out those man up advantage situations. So it just it just works really well together. And the last thing I want to say about Optic, although other people are allowed to jump in, of course, do whatever they want. But like, yay, obviously a superstar. Right. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, except I think there's like mini mini superstars on optics as well they're not i mean i love marved (laughs) although unfortunately i love marved as a player i think we should like preface that like i don't know anything about his personal life i don't need like i if there's if there's some crazy shit out there it's not my fault i didn't know about it but i like how he plays your girl yeah um at least like how he came across in interviews i think like i i like marv too especially after their series versus energy um post-game interview they were like trying to get marv to like bm sentinels and like do some trash talk and marv's like i don't know man it's gonna be a hard series like (laughs) i hope we can make it out okay yeah like yeah and they're like do you think you're gonna absolutely utterly destroy them no i think it's gonna be hard yeah like (laughs) such the right mindset to be in yeah them and cloud nine both have really really good minds mindsets good team Mm -hmm. like systems seemingly coaching staff in-game leaders, of course, both of them have really sought. Like they, these are, these teams feel like the real deal, and I would just say that like, oh, who won? We'll find out. Oh, we missed we'll it. We'll report back. <laughs> so we'll go back in the pod, but um, it's overtime. Here's the last round, I guess. Oh, it's overtime. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I ruined it by saying this is the last round. Awkward. Oh, yeah, it can only really go one way. I see. Uh huh. Spoiler alert. I see. That would suggest that Luminosity wins this. Indeed. So, okay, this brings another good topic of conversation. What does 100T do 0 and 3? Yeah. I mean, the answer is nothing. I mean, that was like the real answer before, too. Like, they, yeah. they 
made those rosters removes because reportedly those players just did not want to play together anymore. And they were like, well, yeah. okay, we're not going to force you to do this. And obviously they need to start rebuilding anyways. And so, yeah. you know, in that way, I could, if that's truly what happened, if it was like, look, these players don't want to play together, they have communicated that much, and we know we're going to have to rebuild, so we're going to just call this a loss. I mean, I don't think there was really any... We talked about it last week. With the two players that they picked up, there was essentially... It would have been a miracle if they had turned this ship around and come out, like, yeah. somehow on top of their group. Most likely, they're going to lose. They're go- they're not going to be super good. Hopefully, they get better, and hopefully, they're working on finding either a plate, like, long-term replacements for these two new players or keeping these two new players and really figuring out what the hell is going on with them and fixing what is happening so that they can be ready for the next I keep wanting to call them splits, and that's not what they're called in this game. But, like, the yeah. next season. Yeah. Because they aren't going to win right now. They just they they just probably aren't. What I want to see out of them and their management is I want to see the acceptance that they are not going to get out. And I want to see that pressure lifted off them for this time period now. Mm-hmm. And I want them to actually try to, without pressure, work on what they have and create something and then have essentially some scrims live on stream you know what i'm saying yeah. with this roster like improve it as best you can and just tra- take this as practice and put your eye on the next prize take your licks but don't fall down keep going mm-hmm. because actually these i think these two new players look really good i hope they don't get neutralized by eventually just the amount of time like so when you're new to the roster right it's like you don't have all the roles yeah that's like super sorted so i hope it's not like jc stanley i love that you dropped 20 kills every game, but I really need to see better Astro utility out of you, so I'd like you to stand behind this box in meditation form the whole time because that's how you win, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's got four kills like every other fucking Astro player. <laughs> like, I'd really not like to see that. I, I really hope they recognize that in some ways this is the strongest this team has felt in a long time, yeah. even though they're losing, um, and so I think this is a great opportunity for a new identity. I think so, too. I mean, in pro football, this is what we call a rebuild, Right. Something you you don't have the players you used to. You got to go back in. You got to start from scratch. You have like maybe like a brand new rookie quarterback who sucks. Like you nobody knows, and you just need to rebuild your team. And I think that's the stage that Hundred Thieves is in. And if they acknowledge that, they can get a lot of work done right now. Yeah. You know, if Ethan's gonna shot call, he can really work on that. They can get their strats figured out. And I hope that their management is like really thoughtfully trying to figure out what their roster is going to be, instead of what appeared to have happened with their last roster, which is like they maybe didn't vet that enough before putting it together because it didn't really last that long. Sure. Um, that's that's the dream for them, I think. I agree. I, I, right. I would say like, hey, like this know. is where they need to, this is where they need to position themselves differently in the space, I think. They need to go up to Cloud9 and go up to Optic and even Sentinels and say, hey, we're your dedicated scrim partner now. We will literally copy strategies that opponents' teams might use like, we'll literally do anything. If you're like, are any of you guys looking forward towards other European teams you want us to like copy them? Like, what can we do to create value and get, and I do this not just to be nice, but rather to essentially get a part of these better teams' practice. How can you get in there and say, like, what do you guys need? What are you guys working on? We're not, we're the best, highest level practice partner you can have right now mm-hmm. in this league. And so use us and we will, we will be working on our own stuff and we can also work on comps and things that you think are good and we want to see what you guys are working on. And obviously they're not going to share everything in any of their scrims, but I mean like this is a potential opportunity for them to position themselves as out of the race, but 
building. And I think they could be very useful from that position um, for both the other team and they'll gain some value themselves. So it's like, it's like when you hear, you know, teams getting knocked out of worlds or whatever for league like early. It's like, yo, I'm here. Like, let's, let's get good scrims over here. So I think they kind of need to take that attitude here and just be like, yo, cloud nine, like, what, do you, what, what do you need out of a practice partner? Like, cause I need to, we need to be studying you more closely, but also we need to like learn like seriously. And so whatever you're doing to learn, we need to get a part of it. So who knows if other teams would be down for that sort of thing, but I think that's where they can, can be. The worst thing that could happen here is if they can't get any good teams to scrim them and they just sort of like theory craft for weeks while mm -hmm. everyone else is doing shit and they come out with a totally different comp and then they're all neutralized. So yeah, yeah. They need to just keep their head in the game, move forward, figure out a way to be useful and grow during this period. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope. I, I feel like I've just been burned too many times by <laughs> esports teams just like, I don't know, just dropping players after being like we're gonna we're gonna keep this roster together and just keep growing and like i don't know who's to say that there's not gonna be some other like available person like later down the line that they're just gonna drop one of these players for like that one yeah i think that's a good move what do you think Oh, for them, I, I think they just honestly need to find a cohesive roster and just work with it. I mean, yeah. even Cloud9 for a while, like once they built the roster, they weren't making it to Masters at all. Mm -hmm. Like they only qualified champions because of last chance qualifier. And by that time, they had been playing together for long enough where they established a rapport and actually were able to go far. Yeah. And I just hope that's what they see the value in um i feel like just the whole i don't know investors investment into esports leagues has also just made me cynical and jaded over the fact that it's like nope they're just gonna want the money they're gonna draw people they're gonna you know have huge buyout prices i don't mm -hmm. know like right. they're gonna sell players for more cash and get a better player like i don't know yeah I, it makes me cynical. I will be happy if they keep this roster see, and keep going I, with it. I agree with you. I mean, I, I would be happy if they keep this roster because it turns out these players actually work well together and they are a synergistic roster. But I just, I wonder if, because the way that they put this roster together is they grabbed essentially like the only two players they could find off the street and were like, get in here. And so, you know, I, I would give them time to say like okay so this this didn't work out but we have been really working on it and we're pretty sure this guy is going to be our piece that we need that's kind of you know cloud nine talked about that with um getting vanity of like sometimes you are looking for the the piece that you need something that will fit really well and i have no idea if jc stanny and bang are going to be that because they were picked up so quickly what I would love to see from 100 Thieves is that for them to, like, really think about their roster. And if they have to make a move, like, make a make a diligent move. Like, have done your best. Have a reason. You have a reason. Have scrimmed with that guy for a while. Like, have mm -hmm. done, have talked about your feelings for a little bit <laughs> instead of, um, yeah, because sure. I think the, it sounds like the mistake that they made kind of with Eccles and with Baby J was just, like, it turns out that those players don't see the game the same way. They don't want to play together. And that's yeah. something I hope that they figure out before they sign people next time. I fear that that this team may not see the game together the same way either. Like, I, I, I fear that, like, because, for instance, like, 
JC Stanny being like a smoke character sometimes that like kills a bunch of people, like it's really good when it works. But do does the core of a hundred thieves think that's right? Or like what what meta are they thinking of when they because I just feel like like Hiko is one of the most unique players in all of Valorant right now, just with his playstyle. And we even saw a couple rounds where he got hard countered because he was just like like lurking through a smoke and they just had such a good idea about it. Um, but I fear like who who does Hiko want? Like what is the team that he wants? Because it's like at least for what we saw so far, these two new players did a lot of work, a lot mm-hmm. of work. And you could totally make that work. The question is like, is that what they want? Do they recognize how powerful it was to have output like that from those other two people? And I I don't know. It, it very clearly felt separate. It was like two people just getting a bunch of impact. And it was like three core that honestly, as a three core, was kind of struggling. Yeah. I mean, Zoe just pulled up the kills for Fracture, which is the one map that they won. And Bang and JC Stanny are just top of the scoreboard for 100 Thieves. Yeah. Um hard carrying this yeah. guy has bang has 27 and 13 he almost has is that almost three to one <laughs> but it's not three to one where it's like he got you know nine kills and three deaths it's like yeah. 30 kills and 10 deaths jesus like that's that's a lot yeah so you know hopefully hundred thieves can see that and but again i think it's about if these players see the game the same way if they want to play together if like if it works as a team it kind of sounds like yeah. that's what all three of us are saying. Like, they, oh, 100 Thieves needs to find that. They need to find what works. Totally, they got to find, totally. like, the Cloud9 magic or the Optic Gaming magic where, like, those rosters feel like rosters that play together and want to be together and see the game the same way. I would say, though, if after, this performance might be a one-off, we'll see the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was this way true at two in, in the previous tournament. But if it turns out Bang and JC Stanny are just going to drop hella kills and 100 Thieves is going to just barely lose... Mm-hmm. You might have to look inward because I don't, I can't imagine players like, like it's such a gift that they found two people to put a bunch of people down. That is such the kickstart to your engine that you need. Like imagine if Asuna had any of his like pop-off games that he's been known to have in the past. Obviously I don't particularly blame him right now because like shit's really fucked like in their team, (laughs) right? No doubt about it. But remember that that player is actually insane and was in the conversation near tens and all sorts of other people. And he is insane, like insane, um, but he's not getting activated correctly. So imagine if you have Bang JC Stanny doing a bunch of work and then Asuna gets activated. Now you're talking about a lot of firepower here, like a lot of firepower. It's kind of like the same type of um, composition that like something like Optic runs where like you've got um, Marv and Crashies who can get a ton of kills and then Ye will pop off. Like that's kind of, and that's kind of yeah. what Sentinels wants, right? You have like Shazam can get a lot of kills. Zoms can theoretically kill people, but like Dapper could get a lot of kills and then tens can pop off. I think that's yeah. maybe, maybe the way that we're seeing these like big, like pop off young aimers get used best is supported by teammates who can also get like maybe more consistent output. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Hire us to make your teams, Hunter Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. We're available. We're not actually signed to any of the current rosters. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I just don't know how you can seriously GM this as Hundred Thieves unless you really have the god tier read, like you get a vanity or something, and they need it. That's right? what I'm saying, McCoy. We have the the three. We like we called it out. You know sure. who they need? Freakazoid. They need Freakazoid. Freakazoid be good. Um, and they potentially need Dazed. Thank you, leader. Look, Hunter Thieves, email us. 
<laughs> we can get Nothing washed Jackson up like Valorant. for your team. At gmail.com. <laughs> That's the best business email you ever heard. Yeah. Just hit us yeah. up. Yeah. Hire us as We consultants. know you're listening. But no, but like, I just, um, it's like there's this, there's the curse of the performance. And right now, I think, unless they have an incredible read, I don't see how 100 Thieves the organization can walk away from two players that are literally carrying their fucking core, kicking and screaming, Almost to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you cut those guys for other people? How do you do that in good... You have to have the best read ever. So so probably they roll with that if this continues. Like, probably. Because, dude, like, imagine getting two incredible engines on your team and being like, I just don't like the way they drive. 27 and 30 engines doesn't work for me. It's like, dude, <laughs> are you kidding me? These are not eco kills. These are him putting people down during executes to give you a chance. Yeah. Like, that is what you need. So... Okay, okay. We've talked it to death. Yeah, I think we should stop talking about 100 yeah. Thieves. They just, yeah. you know. Look, we want them to succeed because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, I like the brand. I like the brand value. I like the people on the team. I like their um, approach. I like their Counter-Strike roots. You know, it's like there's so much to like about them, but they're in a lot of trouble right now, for sure. Yeah. 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 Only time will tell. But, yeah. So, like we said... We didn't end up watching a lot of Valorant this weekend because of Elden Ring, and mm. I'm already itching to get back into it. So, what do you say we wrap this up? Sounds good. <laughs> yep, I'm into All it. Right. We got a cool. boss to fight. Yeah, I am excited for that boss you're about to fight. But anyway, I guess looking looking oh, yeah, forward, uh-huh. I guess week four of NA. I mean EMEA at this point. We're just going to put our ear to the ground. Our finger to the wind, I guess, and <laughs> just see what's happening with that. But let's see what we've got going on for NA this week. We've got on Friday, Rise versus Sentinels and Evil Geniuses versus Guard. Okay. Luminosity versus C9, Energy versus Knights, 100T versus Xset, and Envy or Optic. Right. Jesus. Optic versus V1. Okay. I'm kind of ready to watch some V1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, time, it's time, it's time, it's yep. time, it's time, it's time. I agree. I'm into it. I love that. I love that. And and by the way, I, I think the storylines here are like, yo, Envy Optic, that that thing mm-hmm. is a thing worth watching and a thing worth litmus testing other teams against. Like if V1 performs well against them, like that's probably a pretty good mm-hmm. indicator of V1. And I would say the other team mm-hmm. like that is C9. Like I, to me, I now am following. Yeah, I think those, those teams are the two. Mm-hmm. Because I want to see them versus the field. I want to see what their comps are looking like, what their forms are looking like, because they have both proven to be really solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, V one is still yet to play this week. Uh, they are playing versus Energy right now. Hmm. So I guess you know who knows what to say. But like all I've heard with the narrative of V one, and we haven't really talked about it on this podcast at all, just because I don't know their games have been not as worth watching mm-hmm. as we think mm-hmm. but it seems like they've been very cohesive looking very dominant mm. um so i feel like optic will maybe be the first test of theirs like i right. i think the the comments i have heard is how cohesive v1 look and how organized and together like put together they look so that kind of makes me all the more excited to watch them versus optic mm. just because we have already seen how optic play yep. when they play together i love that so it's kind of like organized team versus organized team so so wait tell me this Zoe. Featured is magic. this true is the v1 and vanity split 
and now the rise of potentially both the team that Vanity went to and V1 itself. Similar to the Ascend called the Menta split, where now mm. Ascend and Guild, I mean, I'm not sure if Ascend's on the rise and that's like another topic, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't this kind of feel like two magical teams that got split mm-hmm. like in some way from like particularly their IGL in some way, but somehow have managed to kind of like spread the magic around to both places that they landed on and their original squad. Like, maybe, maybe that's here. We'll see. Yeah. We'll have to see for sure. I, I'm very, very excited to watch that. We'll have to see. Only time will tell. I think after we watch that, we'll be able to more definitively say whether the uh, vanity effect is real or not. <laughs> yeah, the vanity effect. Yeah. Yeah. We'll determine what that is, I guess. <laughs> you know. Wow, they did 80% less tea Yeah, I was going to say. I was also going to make a teabagging joke, and I'm glad that you got there, Zoe. Dude, fuck. I was making one in my head. I mean, does Vanity not have one of the sickest IGL resumes of all time. He joins Cloud9, which is just this perpetually failing team with good players on it and literally turns them into potentially number one. Yeah, but you don't have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to like him for doing it, but like, that's that's just above and beyond. I feel like that that to me is so incredible that I actually think it suggests that when he retires, he should coach too. Like he is like potentially what Sentinels needs right now, but is too busy winning fucking games to oh, care. Oh shit, Sentinels vanity. Oh no. Yeah. Is that something I want to see? Yeah, he's like Dapper teabag. Like yeah, yeah. You know Dapper used to like start all that toxic shit, and now he doesn't kill anybody, so he can't teabag anyone. So it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I think it's like his superpower is being minimized. So yeah. Oh, all right. Well, only time will tell. We'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's go play Elden Ring. All right. Okay. You guys go defeat a boss. Yeah. It's optimistic. First try. Let's do it. First try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>